So we said this about in the zone. I believe that God came to show us how to live. The scripture says that um, he came, Jesus said, I came to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. Essentially, God came from heaven, took on flesh and blood to say, hey, here's how we do this thing. Let me show you how to live it out. Let me be tempted in all the ways you were tempted, yet without sin. Let me show you all of this. And so he's walking among us. The, the translation of that could be, Jesus came to life and give us life and give it to us better. Or just show us like, hey, this is the better way to do it. So when he would come, he would say, hey, you've heard it said, do it like this, but actually do it like this because it's, it's the better way to do it. So he's this living example of the best zone, the best way to live. People say to me all the time, like, oh, Christianity, I don't know how you're a Christian. It's so full of rules and it's so restricting, but it's so not true about the scripture. The scripture has more promises for your life than it does any kind of rule. And any kind of rule is like, hey, I'm God. I created you. I know what works for you. And don't do that because that's not going to work for, me, for you. Avoid that. Don't be a part of that. Instead, be a part of this. This is better. Amen. This is the better zone. This is the better way to be. And so when we talk about the zone, I believe Jesus came to show us that. He came to say, this is the way to live. And so whenever we look into scripture, we're looking at like, all right, how did Jesus do it? How did he move us? How is he still moving us toward what he has for us? Amen. And so first thing I think we need to know is this basis that we find, and many of us have heard in Hebrews chapter 11, verse six, it says, and without faith... So faith takes effort. I mean, faith is like without faith, meaning pushing you to do something. Uh, faith, the thing about faith too is uh, faith is for the unseen. It says, you know, that it takes faith to believe the impossible and it's the thing we hope for. So if it's something you can see, then it's not faith. It's the hope of things not seen. And, but, and so faith is like when you're completely dependent on God, like you're all in, you need God for it to come through because you don't see another way. Does that make sense? And so it says this, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Or one translation says, have success in God, the things of God. It takes faith for us to accomplish what God has called us to accomplish. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Seek is a pursuing. It's a going after. Seeking him is, is, a, is a move that you're on. It's a progression toward God in the things of God. We love that bumper sticker. It's like, oh, I'm going from glory to glory with God. If you share this picture now, you'll go to glory to glory. It's not that. It's a progression of all in, obedience, surrender, a life of totally uh, giving your life on the line to God, seeking him in all of his ways, not your own. Amen. And so this, this pursuit, it requires faith. It requires everything. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. So think about it. It didn't say this. It didn't say that the lamp is a light for your pew that you sit in and do nothing in. It didn't say that it's a light for your recliner and your lazy boy that you never make movement in. It's saying, no, look, I need you to be about something. I need you to be in process and moving, moving toward something greater than yourself, making a difference in your community. Amen. And, it, it, and his word is a light for that. And he's saying, like, I, I understand that you're going to be on a process. You're going to be moving. And I've given you light. I've given you something to help you see what that looks like. And it's his word. Amen. 
Now, there's a couple of pictures I want to draw, and then we'll stay on that scripture just for a minute. But there's really kind of two zones that I want to talk about today. And normally I stack a couple ideas, and, and today I just have one targeted thing that I want us to, to leave here thinking about, and it's essentially these two zones. This zone over here, uh, it's not a bad zone. This zone over here is, is your wisdom. It's even your revelation. It's your understanding. Uh, you've come to know God, you know scripture, you've maybe grown up in church, or uh, you've done some studies and you've learned and uh, you're saved, you have salvation, you, you're in this zone of your understanding. And it's also your ability, it's your comfort zone, it's, it's what you can do by your own hand. But it's essentially not all God, right? Because it's all you. You, you. you have the things of God, the word of God, all that stuff is good and that's true. And, that, and we hold firm to our theology and to the word of God and the words of God. We, we hold on to all of that. But if all we ever did is just stay in what we could control, then we're not living a life of faith and we're not walking on a path that is lit and shown by God. Amen? And, and, and all of that stuff is good and true. But here's a truth that we need to understand. God said, and we have his word, and we have all that he gave us and all that he spoke to us, and we have all of these truths. And I'm not talking about change in the Bible, but just as much as God has said, God is still saying today. Like God still speaks to his people. God still leads and inspires and encourages and directs us into what he has for us. So I think when we become a zone that's like, hey, I got my Christian t-shirt, my Christian bumper sticker. I can quote some of the Bible. This is a good safe zone because I can control it all. I think it's going to be hard for us to find success and please God from that zone. Why? Because he's got a path that he's illuminating and it takes faith that we walk out into a place to be with what he's doing now. Amen. So then you have this chair over here, and this is where it gets spooky, and this is where it gets scary, and this is where I hope I make you uncomfortable and you get really nervous today because uh, even at times I don't even talk about this a lot because it gets out there. But this chair over here is the supernatural. This is signs and wonders, and this is the miracles of God, and this is the impossible, and this is things like the Holy Spirit, and some people even call it the Holy Ghost. Are you getting uncomfortable yet? And the reason you might get uncomfortable is because we've seen that abused, right? We've seen like the power of God be turned into like a hanky that you should buy for $7,777 on Christian television. If you didn't notice, that's like sevens put together because it's really spiritual. And uh, we've seen it hyper abused. The power of God and, and, and the fullness of God and the Holy Spirit moving on our behalf and signs and wonders and miracles. We've seen all of that like turned into holy water that you buy. And it is so not the heart of God. And what happened is, this is the best part of it all. This is great, and this is what God started, and this is what he gave us, and it's, this is our foundation. We need that. But God opened heaven and sent his son so that we'd have the ability and the access to the power of God. Amen? Because if all we do is stay here, and we are a church that likes each other and is nice to each other, and we have good programs, and we mentor kids in school, and we do really good things, but we don't have the power of God, then we're not that different than just a really good social justice organization. I don't think he sent his son and died for just this. Now, we love this, and we steward this very well, and we spend a lot of time and attention making sure that we get to here. 
but a whole lot was provided for us when God opened heaven so that we could live in this kind of world. What's interesting, too, is the book of Isaiah says that arise and shine for your light has come and thick darkness covers the earth. But it goes on to say when we the people walk the way God called us in the spirit of God on us, it says that it will draw all men to it. So it's the thing, it's the translation arise and shine is to stand up and stand out. It's to what? It's to be different. Well, what, what makes us different? There's a lot of people that feed kids and mentor kids in school. But what makes us different? I believe it's the power of God working. Amen? So the miraculous, the signs, the wonder, the Spirit of God moving. Uh, signs and wonders are even interesting that they're called that. I believe that this world needs to see some signs and wonders. We've seen enough demonstrations of evil, demonstrations, amen? It's time we start seeing some signs and wonders, seeing, seeing God do some things and, and show some signs that makes the world look and go, I wonder about that. How is it that that person could forgive that way? How is it that that person could lead in generosity that way? How, how is it that that person laid their hands on somebody else and they were healed? That's a sign that makes me wonder about God and his goodness and all, amen. And so we just love that idea that, that there's so much more that we can walk in uh, if, if we commit ourselves to it. And so for us, it's God has always got us on the move and it takes great faith because over here, the response is you say yes or no to it based on can I control it? Can I make it happen? Can I do it by my own hand? Am I smart enough? Am I talented enough? Can I, can I push this thing through? But over here, it's fully dependent on all of God. It takes all faith. And we know that at the end of this, God gets the glory. He gets glory in this too. But this is, this is God moving in a miraculous way. Amen? So there's this interesting idea that I want to look at today. Luke chapter 1, verse 18. The story here is Gabriel, the angel, shows up to uh, Zechariah, and he foretells him of the birth of John the Baptist. So Gabriel shows up in Luke chapter 1, verse 18, and Zechariah said to the angel, so he tells him, hey, you're going to have this uh, child, uh, and goes in this whole thing, and he says, how can this be? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. Verse 19, and the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and to bring you these glad tidings. Verse 20, he says, but behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. So the angel shows up to him and says, hey, God says, heaven says, this is going to happen. I'm choosing you to do it. And his response is from this seat, I don't see how this can be. Uh, I'm old. This is the scenario. She's old. These things are happening. I don't think it can be. I, I, it, it doesn't equate. I don't, it doesn't make, I don't get it. it. I can't see it. Because you remember, faith sees the impossible, believes for the impossible even when you can't see. So over here saying, I, I can't, I can't, I can't see that. I can't see. And so the response in this is you've now muted your call, your assignment, your destiny. Don't we do that often? God calls us to something and we say, I can't, I don't see it. I don't have the pieces. And then we lose seasons of our life muted because we've told God it's not possible because we couldn't see how it would come together. Amen. And so then what's amazing is eight verses later, the same angel from heaven 
In verse 28, it says, And the angel came to her, speaking of Mary. So now the angel's showing up to go tell Mary that she's going to give birth to Jesus. And the angel came to her and said, Hail, because heaven is Michigan fans, and so they say hail when they arrive. Probably coming down from heaven, you heard like hail to the victors playing. But so hail, one receiving grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what kind of greeting this might be. I love Mary because I can connect to this part. Uh, You see God moving. Maybe he's speaking to you in worship. You see the angel coming and you know that angel's on assignment and getting ready to say something to you. And you're like, oh, what's he going to call me to? Oh, no. And so I just love that her heart was there too. Like, now remember, God called her, qualified among all the women, chose her. So it's okay if God speaks to you and in your heart you start to go, oh, what's he going to call me to? How am I going to do that? He still saw her as qualified because it wasn't about like her first connection. It was about her response, which we'll see in a minute here. So she's, what kind of greeting is this going to be? And the angel said to her, do not fear, Mary, For you have found favor with God, and behold, you shall receive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord Lord God shall give him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of David forever, and his kingdom shall be no end. All this greatness keeps saying. And then Mary said to the angel, this is her response, like Zechariah, her response, she says, how shall this be? Same thing, same scenarios. I don't see physically how this can happen. I don't see the pieces in my life. I don't see how this will be. This seat says, how can? I don't get, this one over here says, I don't see it. I don't understand it. I don't, but what I do know is because God is saying it, that it shall be. So the question from this seat of faith and believing for the impossible is like, I don't see it, I can't feel it, I can't do it by my own, but I know because you said it, show me how it shall be. I believe, that's a, that's a believing word, that it shall be. I believe that it shall be, it shall come into existence, it shall come to pass. I just need help on how. What is she saying? She's saying, put some light on my path, put some light on my feet. I believe it's going to be, but, but help me get there. I know it shall, but show me. Amen? I love this in verse 35. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit shall come on you. The power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One which will be born of you shall be called the Son of God. The Holy Spirit coming upon her means this. It literally is like, hey, listen, here's what's going to happen. You're saying yes to this, that it shall be. The Holy Spirit is going to armor you, come upon you, meaning empower you, meaning literally like take place on you, rest in you. We would go further to say to dwell inside of you, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So you're, you're, you're going to be armored in the Holy Spirit in your, in your life. So here's how it's going to happen. The Spirit of God is going to act with you. She says, it shall be. Well, how can it? How can it be? It shall be. Well, how shall it be when the Holy Spirit armors you? I just wonder what our life would be like if we woke up and God spoke to us and we had this understanding as I go about my day, I'm armored in the Holy Spirit. I'm equipped or I'm, I'm stocked. My ammo pile is stocked with the Spirit of God. 
Wouldn't, wouldn't that give us a little bit more faith to maybe pray for somebody or extend forgiveness or amen? And it's, it's the same thing in our life. And so verse 37, it says this, for with God, nothing will be impossible. So the response, instead of mute and miss and, and lose time, it says, hey, because your heart is it shall, and I believe that it will, then the response is nothing will be impossible to you. My, my same thing is to you. When you sit in this seat and you say, I don't want to be in this place. I want to go on a faith journey. I want God to light my path. I want to move myself over into the impossible, into be spirit empowered, move in the power. Nothing will be impossible to you. So I thought about this. Literally, the first movement we see of the Holy Spirit being given to his people, God says, hey, I've called you. Go to the upper room and wait on me. They couldn't see it. They didn't know it. They didn't know. But go from what you know, what you can calculate, what you can study, what you can predict, what you can put up. Go to a place and wait on me for more. Amen. And so they go to that place and the scripture says that the Holy Spirit came in like a rushing wind, empowered them. And from that, it spilled out into a place that they saw one of the greatest moves of the New Testament. People being saved, healed, delivered, amazing acts happening in their community. Why? Because they said, I don't want to just put my feet up and just hang out in my pew. I want to trust God in the place that he calls me to and he empowers me to. And then great moves happen. Amen. And so just an amazing thing, I thought about it like this. We have too many can-it-be Christians. Well, I would love to connect more in the church, or I'd love to start that ministry, or I would love to pray for that person. But it, it, it can't right now, because can't and can, it all lives in the same world. There's not a way. How can it be that I get my kids to church? And how can it be in our schedule that we make a commitment and make it a priority? How can it be that I serve? And we need more shall-it-be people. I don't understand how it's going to work, but I know that it shall be something that matters in my life. It shall be something that I can get put together so that I can see God empower me and move in it. Amen? I don't know. Mary's over here like, I don't know. It's beyond me. It's beyond natural. It's beyond all that I can comprehend. But it shall be because with God, nothing is impossible. I thought about it like this. You may have a how. How? How's it going to be? How's it going to? You may have a how in your life, but God has a Holy Spirit who works on our behalf, who, who, who contends and who, who works in, amen? And I thought about it like this. God's Holy Spirit is always bigger than your how. How can it be? How shall it be? But just know that the Holy Spirit can cover you and come upon you and work on your behalf and nothing will be impossible. That's why God says, to call things not as though they are, but call them as they shall be. It says we don't call things as though they are, but instead call them the way that they shall be. Why? Because if we have this mindset of like, I don't see it, I can't calculate it, I don't have the blueprint plan in front of me, but I know that God said it and it shall be, we call it as it shall be. Amen? What if we spoke over our communities and our neighborhoods about the ways that it shall be? God promises in the last day, he'll pour out his spirit. He'll cover the earth. He'll empty himself. So what if we started speaking about schools and communities and locker rooms and government officials that shall be? Amen. We'd say over our families, oh, my, my kids, you know, they're going through this thing, but it shall be that they will be this. 
my marriage, it's this right now, but it shall be. This over here, this sickness that they said is terminal and there's nothing we, but it shall be because God said that by his stripes I am healed. I don't know how we're going to get out of this debt and we don't make enough money and there's no way to get out of this. But God says, if I honor him with my first, that it shall be pressed down, shaken together, running over, poured into my lap. Amen. Windows of heaven opened up. I've had this bitterness in my life for 10 years, 15 years since my childhood. How? You say, it shall be. Oh, oh no, no, no. It's hereditary. They're, this person's sick and this person's, we've always battled depression. We always get cancer. We, no, 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 no. Not, not that. What it shall be. Amen. We got to start believing God that he moves, that he works in signs and wonders and the miraculous. Otherwise, we might as well just be a part of a country club. Amen. And those are boring. You got to dress up more than this, you know, like I don't <laughs> stop calling things as they are and call them as they shall be. I'll close with this. The scripture says this great thing it says it's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord, meaning it's not by great strategy. It's not by great business plan. It's not by great networking and strong relationships that we're going to put together a program that's going to advance the kingdom and tear down and break chains and do all, okay? That stuff is all part of it. And we steward that stuff very well. And we are very uh, thoughtful about how God uses us with our time and our lives and our thinking and our learning and our development and all the wisdom that God gives us in our natural. But it's not by might. It's not by power, it's being spirit-led. Spirit-led. Meaning, when over here you have the opportunity to pray for somebody and you say, I don't have the pieces to do that. I don't have the right words. I don't know enough to answer. What if they ask me a question? What if they did it? But you trust that the spirit will move on your behalf and that he'll answer your humble heart, your, your pure heart. By his spirit, not by your might, not by your power, not by your words, not by your big strategy, but God honors your heart. So take the step. Believe that God is empowering you to make a difference. Amen? Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, God will move. I thought about it like this. Jesus, and you've heard me say this example, but it's just the best way I know to say this. But Jesus Whenever something's really important to you, you usually communicate it at the end. Uh, so you're getting ready to leave, maybe someone's house sitting for you, or you're leaving a shift for the day and the next group is in behind you and you gotta kinda hand the baton. And so someone's watching your kids right before you leave and you say, all right, whatever you do, don't forget, you know, this last thing. And you tell them, you know, don't forget this last really important thing. Well, this is what Jesus does in the book of Acts before he's gonna ascend into heaven this is where we get the great commission. He's like, all right, now listen, I'm gonna go be with my father. But the good news is I'm sending you a helper, the Holy Spirit, a comforter. I'm sending you somebody who's gonna be with you and working on your behalf. And so we'll get to that in a minute. So you have that. But then this is where we also find the great commission. He says, hey, before I leave, here's what you gotta do. Just go, go, not sit where you have wisdom and information and, knowledge, and all that stuff's really good. But make sure you're going, he says, into the highways, the byways. It's where we get the Great Commission. Go into all the land. Preach the gospel. Reach, heal, pray for, love on people. 
because it's really, really important. Make sure you do that. So he gives us that instruction, but we also find this. Acts chapter one, verse eight, he says, but you will receive power, not might, power, which not by might, not by power, but through what? Through the Holy Spirit. We're getting like the combination. So over here, we're feeling like, oh, I don't have the power. I don't have the pieces. I don't have the, but he's saying, look, you're going to receive power in the spirit. They're going to, it's going to come together. The revelation of God takes the power of God, the signs of wonder, the, all that God bought us through opening heaven, and he puts the plans together. And for what? And it says this, the Holy Spirit, so you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses into Jerusalem, all of Judea, and Samaria, into the end of the earth. Well, what is this for them? It would be like this to you. It's like, hey, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit connects with you, when you connect with the Holy Spirit, when you pursue God and put him first, the Holy Spirit's going to come on you. You're going to receive power. And then what are you going to do? You're going to be witnesses where? Well, first in Zealand, Holland, and then Michigan, or Grand Rapids, and then Michigan, and then America, and then the world, because that's what it was for them to be Judea, Samaria. I was talking about their city. What's God saying? God's saying, listen, you got to take all your strategies. You got to take all your stuff. You got to get the spirit on it. And then when those things work together, the world is going to witness the truth of it in all the world. Amen. This isn't enough. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the signs and wonders. We need the faith world. We need to be walking in the impossible. Amen. And so my encouragement for you this morning is what does that look like for you to step out beyond maybe just knowledge or idea or wisdom? What does it look like for you to say yes to that nudge and that, that call that some, you know, God's speaking to you to start a ministry or connect to a thing or to give in a certain way or do something that's that inkling of like, you know what, I need to just follow this path. Amen? I thought about this. Mary's response is absolutely awesome. She says this at the end of it all. All of this gets shared. And she says this. Be it unto me according to your word. I don't get it. I don't know how to figure it out. I know it shall be, and I'm in. That's what she says. I wonder what our lives would look like if we'd be like, I don't know how I'm going to put it together. I know it shall be, so be it unto me. I'm in according to what you're saying. What if we said that every day? God's calling you to pray for that person. God's calling you to sow that seed of money to somebody, to do that thing or to, to be obedient to a, a specific amount of time in prayer or fasting or something. You're like, I don't know how it's going to work or what it does, but I'm in according to what God is leading me to do. Wouldn't that be amazing? Because 37, verse 37 comes back in play because for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Charles Spurgeon says this. It's the last thing I'll share. He says, unctionless ministries swing axe handles without heads against trees of worldliness and lukewarmness to no avail. And that's what it's like when we try to live without faith in the spirit of God and the power of God. We're out there trying to chop darkness down with Christian bumper stickers. We're trying to chop things down with a couple good deeds. And God's like, no, I sent my son. I opened heaven. The veil was torn. You have all power. We should be making a difference. Not, not wasting energy. Unctionless ministry, swing axe heads without, swing axe handles without heads against trees of worldliness and lukewarmness to no avail. 
We need the power of God on all that we do. Amen? We'll continue in this in the series as we go a little bit more. Um, but if I'm you, I'm asking the question, how do I do that? Like, how do I get the power of God in my life? How do I, a lot of it is, first of all, what you know, you're basic. You pray, you fast, you worship. You come into a place like this and you sing the songs out loud. We put passion in. We, 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 we ask for the spirit of God to reveal and move. Amen. But as we continue forward, I think uh, you ask God, God, I'm, I'm here, but I want to go there. Holy Spirit, help me. Help me. Walk. Just, you, just ask, you just ask for help. <laughs> you, I don't know another way to say that, but I think what happens here is we're in this chair and we see what God wants us to do over here in the impossible and we think we have to go like alone. Like, oh, I got to somehow try to figure that out. But no, you just, you just get up off this chair and the Holy Spirit comes upon you and goes with you and, and you're just aware of the presence and the being of who God is. There's more we'll get into later in time, but just trust God that like, the scripture says that up in heaven, he's interceding on our behalf. Like he's up there like a coach on the sideline, like go run, like yes, yes. College football starting, you'll see it happen. Someone's running down the sideline. Half the team is running with them, right? Cause they want them to get to the thing and it's good. That's God, that's heaven up here for us. Like just stoked that we're doing this, amen? Let's pray and we'll jump out of here. God, we love you so much. We're so grateful for your word and who you are. God, we wanna be a people who live in the zone of the power of God, the presence of God. Lord, we wanna live in the obedience of who you called us to be. Lord, I pray that we look at impossible situations as opportunity for you to lead us to what you have for us. Lord, I thank you for your Holy Spirit who uh, is with us, Lord, leading us. Lord, that you gave him to us as a comforter. Lord, I thank you that uh, whatever impossible situations we face this morning, Lord, you can make a way, your word says, when there seems to be no way. In Jesus' name, amen.